Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we will review the Ravens and Rams preseason game from last Thursday, react to an NFL.com article along with comments made by Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey. We will also look ahead to the Colts and Ravens joint practice. Usually we also would uh, talk about the predictions I have for the upcoming game, but since that game is on a Monday... Uh, the preview and predictions article will come out on Sunday, so you can check out that uh, article and my predictions on Sunday. All right, so to talk about the preseason game recap uh, of Ravens and Rams, um, it was a solid game for the Ravens. A lot of things happened that I didn't think would happen. Uh, I actually predicted this game to finish 28-17 in the Rams' favor. Um, I was completely wrong. It actually finished 33-7 in the Ravens' favor. Um... So this game happened after two joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, of course, a lot of teams like to have joint practices before preseason games. It kind of gives uh, both teams an opportunity to experience, um, to gain experience with another team before a competitive setting um, and really hone in on each other's skills. Um, so first of all, I want to talk about where I was wrong with this prediction. So the first most glaring um, issue that I had was I was completely wrong about the Rams starters playing. Um, the Rams did not say that any starters would sit out the game uh, at the time of the article, and they didn't really say it until about an hour before the game started. So Jared Goff um, and everybody didn't play. Todd Gurley, the entire starting offense, starting defense did not play. So this gives the Ravens a much better opportunity to um, put up some points and, I guess, conserve some of the Rams movements but even if the starters had played I still don't think the outcome would have been much different maybe a touchdown or two and you know give or take in both directions but the Ravens probably would have still won the game um so Joe Flacco on the starting offense against the Rams second team defense um the drive went as well as you could hope uh Flacco looked excellent um he looked fantastic it's probably the best I've seen him play in a preseason game for a long time he comes out five for seven um for what was it 81 yards or something like that and touchdown to patrick ricard the fullback on a small little out route um it was a very very fantastic sorry 71 yards not 80 81 um one touchdown very awesome starting drive uh show he's still got the um arm strength and the accuracy that he used to have he looks much improved from last year um, the new targets, I gotta say, look really nice. Um, Alex Collins and Pat Ricard, you know, did well too. And we'll get to Alex Collins in a second here. Michael Crabtree and John Brown looked absolutely fantastic out on the field. Michael Crabtree uh, connected with Flacco uh, after Flacco had to extend the play, dance around the pocket a little bit. He comes out and hits Crabtree for 30 yards. Crabtree goes up and, and just grabs the ball out of the air for a fantastic. Um, Really one of a kind catch there um, at a Crabtree. Overall, great play. Then you have um, the catch and run by John Brown that goes for 17 yards. The connection between John Brown and Joe Flacco is going to be something to watch this year. They've really been developing um, in training camp, and we're going to see that all year, I expect, unless either two get hurt. Hopefully not. That's really something to watch. Um, and I think we saw a little preview of it this past Thursday. So Alex Collins. Um, he did pretty well as well. Um, he basically um, had a couple runs in there. I think one run was negated by a penalty. But his best run of the night was 23 yards. Um, really solid. 
um, run. I think he had two overall. And then he was off after that. Um, oh, very, very solid night. We wanted to make sure that Alex Collins still had, you know, some explosivity to him because sometimes, you know, one-year wonders do happen. Um, I don't think Alex Collins will be a one-year wonder. I think he's going to do very well, especially with the uh, the offensive line looking a little better maybe than last year uh, with Orlando Brown and, of course, James Hurst and a whole bunch of other uh, – Marshall Yondo is going to be coming back. So it's going to be really interesting to see how um, that offensive line plays out this year. Now, the offensive line – um, they did leave up a few sacks for the uh, the Ravens, but not a whole uh, whole lot to be concerned about. And overall, it looked really the starters looked pretty good. Um, Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco got time with the starters, looked really good. Now, Lamar Jackson, um, his first few drives looked pretty good. Um, he had one drive where he threw up to Chris Moore for like thirty six yards or something like that. Really nice play by Chris Moore. He jumped up to catch the pass and came down with it uh, over the defenders, uh, multiple defenders. And then Lamar Jackson eventually took in um, a run into the uh, end zone by himself on that drive uh, to put up the touchdown. But um, the rest of the game made it obvious that he was not ready to start. And I kind of questioned that pass to Moore as maybe Moore bailing him out, not Lamar Jackson, you know, being you know really f- effective. With that pass, um, Lamar Jackson finished the game seven for eighteen for one nineteen yards. Um, look, he's still got a ways to go. That's you know below fifty percent again. Um, you know the rushes are okay, but he's really got to get that accuracy down and and be more confident. He's still overthrowing players, um, not being very accurate, not making a lot of great decisions. So he's got a long ways to go. And anybody that's going to suggest to you that. Lamar Jackson is going to start next year uh, based on the preseason. Uh, I don't I don't think so. He's going to have to have a really good next three games to really make any case for moving up in the depth chart. Um, this gives way to Robert Griffin III potentially making the roster if it's obvious to the Ravens that um, Lamar Jackson's not ready for the NFL play style and uh, the overall tempo of the game and, and how you know hard it is for some college quarterbacks to transition into the league. Then they might have to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, Robert Griffin III, the former Heisman winner, he looks pretty good this uh, preseason so far. Uh, This past uh, week, he had five passes completed out of seven for 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, Very, very good statistics here by um, Robert Griffin III. He's really um, pushing himself to make the roster here. Um, Now, some of his... um, Great passes went to Bashad Perryman in this game. Um, Perryman, who did not do well at all last week against the Chicago Bears, um, he came out in the fourth quarter uh, in an explosive manner. It was obvious he was trying to prove something because he caught three receptions and of, for 71 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this is not like Bashad Perryman. Um, he ended up going up in the back uh, end of the end zone leaping over defender or not le- leaping over defender but he caught it caught the ball um over the defender for the touchdown a little toe tapping touchdown he's really close to the end of the line there for that drive so fantastic plays by um Perryman he won uh I gave him the Baltimore Feathers player of the game award um it was really phenomenal to watch that happen I- I've never seen Perryman play like that and hopefully he continues um, to improve because you know the Ravens don't want to have to waste that first uh, first round pick from 2015. Um, if this is an outlier though, and he doesn't do very well for the rest of the preseason, I can't see him making the roster. 
Um, so we already talked about the running game in a little bit with Alex Collins. But I do want to talk about Gus Edwards, the undrafted rookie out of Rutgers. Um, he led the team in rushing um, for the day. 12 rushes for 58 yards. Uh, he's really making a case to make the roster. Um, the Ravens are probably going to keep three running backs, and he might be one of them. You have to wonder whether or not Kenneth Dixon will or even can make the roster again with the amount of injuries he sustained. He sustained two already this offseason. Um, if he gets another, if it's a major one, I, I really have to seriously consider his prospects on the team for this year. Um, while Gus Edwards, he's healthy and he's making plays out here, doing very well for the Ravens. Um, and put in, you know, he might put them in a position to win. Uh, should he be kept on the roster this year? He's not the only running back, the undrafted running back that did well this game. Um, Mark Thompson had a nice, uh, nice preseason game. Um, Thompson, he didn't do super well in the running um, game uh, in that department, but he did do very well when it came to hauling and passes uh, from quarterbacks. So Thompson, he ended up catching two passes for 43 yards. He shook off some defenders and made some moves to really look good out there. Um, so he's trying to make the roster, and you know I don't think he'll do it over Gus Edwards, but I do think he does have an opportunity to at least try and, and make himself look good. And then there's always the possibility that another team would be willing to um, take a chance on him uh, if they really feel that he did very well in the Ravens preseason. DeLance Turner wasn't very notable in this game either. I mean, he's not going to make the roster uh, one way or the other. It's really going to be between Mark Thompson and Gus Edwards. Probably Gus Edwards will make it if they do decide to move on from Kenneth Dixon. That's a big gift too. Um, so Tim White, the receiver, uh, who also specializes in kicks and punt, kick and punt returns, was out um, in this game with an undisclosed injury. So Janarian Grant, the rookie out of Rutgers, the undrafted rookie out of Rutgers, that's the second undrafted rookie out of Rutgers on this team, uh, he handled the kick and punt duties as well as played some receiver with the second teams, uh, second teamers actually, um, over Rashad Perryman. So Janarian Grant, he did pretty well. Um, he caught two of four passes for 32 yards in the game, so not too bad. Um, not all the passes are that great to him, so you know, not a whole lot of drops, but he also had a kick return for 26 yards and two, you know, punt returns that didn't amount to much. But overall, Harbaugh was happy with the way he performed, and the Ravens think that he can really uh, produce if they do decide to keep him uh, on that kick. In one of the kick returns, um, he really shook off a few guys uh, just to gain some yards that he wouldn't have been able to if he didn't actually, um, if he didn't, you know, get through to get through them, and he didn't actually try. It, it, you know, if he just went down, he would have maybe not got those 15 yards or whatever it was. So he's a fighter, and he, he's really elusive and um, a lot of speed. That's what he's got, a lot of speed. So we'll have to wait and see whether or not Janarian Grant makes his roster. But, you know, he might. It depends on him and uh, Tim White. If Tim White's hurt, well, he's back at practice. But if he gets hurt again, um, that'll hurt his chances of making the roster. Of course, the Ravens could opt to keep both of these guys, but they might have to carry seven receivers for that. And if they want to keep three quarterbacks, it's going to be very difficult to do both. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Kamalai Correa had a solid game. Um, not cr anything crazy like the Hall of Fame game where he completely balled out with like three sacks, an interception, a forced fumble. Um, he just played solidly, no mistakes, just nice and easy. Um, overall, good game from him. You can't complain there. Uh, the two standouts on defense, though, Tim Williams from Maurice Kennedy. Tim Williams had a forced fumble strip sack. Uh, it was a fantastic play. Um Terrell Suggs also got a sack, and I think Matt Judon did as well. 
but you know you would expect from those two that they would actually make some plays. Tim Williams coming into his second year now was a bit of a disappointment last year for the Ravens. He didn't really get much time on the field and didn't produce very um, much when he was on the field. But the forced fumble uh, shows that he's really got um, the attitude and, and the physical stature and the abilities necessary to produce well uh, potentially this year for the Ravens as a depth uh, edge rusher because he's not going to start in either um, Terrell Suggs or Matt Judon's positions. And, of course, Maurice Kennedy, um, somewhat of a bubble player this year as the cornerbacks, you know, they're, they're deep. And then, of course, the Ravens were thinking about adding Rashad Breland. Nothing came of that. Um, he's still moving around teams. He was, he was in a visit with the Patriots not too long ago. Maurice Kennedy is trying to solidify his role on this Ravens uh, roster. So he comes out and he picks off the Rams' um, quarterback. Real nice interception and a nice return on that. So he looked pretty good. Uh, covered pretty well throughout the night. Overall, solid night for Maurice Kennedy. Um, the Ravens will face off against the Colts this Monday at 8 o'clock. Um, so, again, you can tune in to our um, preview and predictions article that will be coming out on BaltimoreFeather.com uh, on that Sunday before the game. Okay. So now I want to talk about an Adam Shine article at NFL.com. Adam Shine is an NFL columnist for uh, the NFL's website. And he wrote a piece uh, either today or yesterday regarding the top defenses, top nine defenses in the league the Ravens were not included. Now, this was kind of shocking to me, as I do believe the Ravens will have one of the best defenses in the league next year. Um, so I looked into this article, and I thought to myself, what the heck is this guy talking about? I don't think he knows anything. Well, not anything. But he doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to defenses. So here is his ranking. So number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, number two, the Minnesota Vikings. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Number four, Los Angeles Chargers. Number five, Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, Houston Te Texans. Number seven, L.A. Rams. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. And number nine, New England Patriots. So, um, first of all, um, the Ravens were top ten in passing defense in 2017 in total passing yards. They held offenses to the second lowest quarterback rating. Uh, they were 12 overall in yards per game. They were sixth in points allowed per game. They put three shutouts on the board. And they only got better throughout the year and the offseason. They are bringing back all their starters. People are coming back healthy. You have Jimmy Smith, Tavon Young, Brent Urban all coming back. Terrell Suggs is back for another year. Matt Judon's on the rise. Uh, Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson as a duo will be a lot better this year. A new defensive scheme with Wink Martindale is going to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more forceful. I have no idea why he excluded the Ravens from this. It makes no sense to me. There are a few teams on this list that are nowhere near the Ravens caliber. Um, Arizona Cardinals, they lost Tyron Matthew, and they're not even that great to begin with. To, to be honest, with Tyron Matthew on that roster, they weren't that, that fantastic. But now, he's gone, and that's going to be a you know big loss for them. The L.A. Chargers, they're unproven. You know, there's all this talk about the L.A. Chargers going to do, do really well, but I feel every year, we get to the same point, the L.A. Chargers, or San Diego Chargers, for the past few years, um, you know, they're going to do so well. And then they just don't do anything. Last year they won, you know, their last like seven games, whatever it was. But it wasn't enough to get in the playoffs. Um, their defense looks good, but I wouldn't say it's, you know, number four in the league. The Houston Texans have a bunch of guys coming back from injury. So they're going to be better, but they're not going to be fantastic. Um, the Falcons better than, than the Ravens defense? I don't I don't think so. And New England is, 
you know, they're a decent team, but, you know, they did lose um, Malcolm Butler, although he didn't play in the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, it's really, you know, not the best, um, not the best rankings in any uh, sense of the imagination here. Um, look, my improved rank. These are my rankings here. I'm going to give you mine. Uh, I think these are much better rankings than his. Uh, number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think uh, Jalen Ramsey, who we're actually going to talk about coming up next, um, his defense with you know Marcel Darius and um, and the whole gang, um, Telvin Smith, uh, Miles Jack, um, Calais Campbell. I mean, it's re- Barry Church is on that team. It's really a great defense. It's it's the best in the league, hands down. Uh, number two, Los Angeles Rams. You cannot um, tell me that it keeps leaving Marcus Peters along with Aaron Donald and Dominic and Sue. Those four alone would not dominate. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be number two. But I put the Ravens at number three. Above the Philadelphia Eagles, followed by the Minnesota Vikings, New England Patriots, Chicago Bears, Houston Texans, and Atlanta Falcons. Look, Baltimore Ravens, great secondary, great linebacker core. We didn't get to the defensive uh, linemen, but we're going to do that next week. Talk about them and how they're going to be good this year. It's a real big, uh, big unit that's been improved over the past few years, and I really think that this is going to be a very fantastic unit to watch next year. They posted three shutouts last year. We might get four or five this year. Who knows? Um, but there's no way they're not on this top nine list. Philadelphia Eagles follow the Ravens on my list. Look, the Eagles, they won a Super Bowl with that defense, and Nick Foles, you can't discount Nick Foles being one of the better quarterbacks. But... Um, Philadelphia Eagles defense, that defensive line is one of the best. Uh, now they even added Haluti Nada. You know, you pair them with the secondary, that's pretty good. The linebacker unit's, you know, pretty decent. It's a good defense overall. Minnesota Vikings, I'm not sold on them extremely. You know, this year I think they're going to go down in the rankings because they were pretty good last year, but just down a few pegs this year, although they'll still be pretty uh, nice. You can never, ever, ever discount the Patriots at number six here. They can go up on this list. But um, I don't know, you know, how you could put them any lower than six. I think that, you know, they're always going to have a good defense. And then, um, honestly, even if they start out with a bad defense, Bill Belichick will find a way to improve it, whether it's through scheme or adding players late in the game. Then, of course, the Chicago Bears are here. This might be kind of surprising to you, you know, how the Chicago Bears get on this list. But, um, honestly, the Bears' defense last year was pretty good. They look to be a lot better this year, too. They added Roquan Smith and a couple other guys. So I really think that this Bears defense is going to you know, stand out this year. And it's going to be a much better Bears team if Mitch Trubisky can, uh, can make, make, uh, make good on those promises he's giving the, uh, the Bears and that organization. Because, uh, look, he, he did okay last year, but he's got to come through this year. But this defense is going to help him a lot. Set him up in some nice you know, field position and give him a lot of uh, boost on that. Hold the opponent to a lower score. Then the Houston Texans are coming in. I'm not 100% confident that J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, and some other guys coming off injury are going to be able to, you know, reach the heights they did before. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. It's still a really good defense. New England Falcons at number nine. I was kind of struggling on where I should put them on this list because they're definitely in the top nine. You got Vic Beasley over there, you know, being a monster on that defensive line. But they did take a little bit of a slump last year. Not the, you know, super best, but I think that they, uh, they'll they be back on this list at number nine this year. Look, Atlanta Falcons, you can't discount them, you know, even with that offense that struggled. Uh, well, not struggled, but wasn't as good as it was uh, in 2016 and in 2017. Now um, this defense is going to have to really 
uh, rev itself up. The offense made itself better this this offseason, so if the defense can do well, they'll be back in the NFC Championship game. Okay. Moving on to Jalen Ramsey and his comments on basically everybody in the NFL, especially quarterbacks. Um, this came out today. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was interviewed in GQ magazine, and he had a lot of things to say about quarterbacks, um, specifically uh, the ones we're going to talk about today. Of course, Joe Flacco, but I also want to touch on uh, Josh Allen, uh, Matt Ryan, and Eli Manning. So let's delve into those guys first before we talk about Flacco here. So, um, he made a bunch of comments that I don't really think he was, um, thinking about before he made them. I don't really think he knows what he's talking about, um, to be quite honest with you guys. But, um, you know, he said about Josh Allen that he's, you know, uh, I think he said he was trash, not sucks. Yeah, he's, he's trash and it's going to show, um, that's a stupid draft pick, um, to me. And he then also said, I hope he's his court. He's the Bills quarterback. We played him this year, uh, basically saying that he's going to pick him off. Look, I don't think Josh Allen was the right move. It was a bit of a risky move by the Bills. Uh, there's a lot of other better quarterbacks available. Um, but look, I, I, I don't think he's trash. I think he's got a lot of arm talent, but he's certainly not trash. He's not even proven himself yet because he hasn't been on the field except for a preseason game. So, you know, I don't think that it's very fair to, you know, criticize him with anything he hasn't done yet. So, I think he can transition well to the NFL if he works on his accuracy, but we're going to have to wait and see. Um, then Allen, I'm sorry, then uh, Ramsey said about Matt Ryan that he's overrated and that he sucked this year, or not sucked. What did he say? He said, I think Matt Ryan is overrated. You, can, you can't tell me you win MVP two years ago, and then last year you a complete bust, and you still got Julio Jones, question mark. Look, Matt Ryan was not a complete bust. I do think he's overrated as a quarterback. I don't think he's much better than Flacco because he's had a lot more of an offensive uh, offensive firepower and an offensive room around him that's really given him a lot of um, a lot of strength over the past few years. But look, he was not a complete bust last year. He did pretty darn well. Uh, it's, it's always hard to replicate an MVP season back-to-back. -back. He didn't do it. That's not being a complete bust, uh, Jalen Ramsey, quite frankly. Um I, I don't understand where he's coming from with this, but, uh, you know, I don't think anybody understands Jalen Ramsey completely, honestly. Um, and then he went on to say about Eli Manning, uh, it's not really Eli. I think it's Odell. I won't say Eli's good. I'll say Odell is good and their connection is good. Like, where is that coming from? Like, okay, Eli's had his fair share of gaffes throughout the league and the stupid plays he's made. But Eli Manning is a, was and is a good quarterback. He's done a lot for that Giants organization before Odell Beckham was even uh, in college, okay? You can't tell me that Eli Manning, you know, winning super, the Super Bowl in 2007 and two, uh, 2011 was because of Odell Beckham Jr. or his receivers. I mean, it, I would imagine that Jalen Ramsey saw at least once the play that Eli Manning escaped from the pocket after being almost thrown to the ground you know, being held on by the jersey and all and just shoots it up down the field for the catch, the helmet catch. But, like, you know, I, I can't understand what Jalen Ramsey's thinking here. Uh, yeah, Odell's good, but it doesn't make a quarterback, right? It, he doesn't throw to, to Odell Beckham every single play. He, Odell Beckham was injured last year. So, 
you know, I don't understand what Jalen Ramsey's talking about here. And this makes me even, you know, more convinced that Jalen Ramsey was probably the wrong pick in 2015 if we picked him. Yeah, he's a good player, but man, he cannot control himself. He's gotten into a lot of trouble. He's had this team suspension. He's ranted at reporters. I mean, this is nothing new. He's done this now for the past few years. He's just been opening his mouth and shoving his foot inside of it. Ridiculous things uh, said by Jalen Ramsey. And then, of course, he goes on to say that Flacco... Um, sucks. So the total text of what he said about Joe Flacco is this. Uh, it has to do with Lamar Jackson too. I would have picked Lamar Jackson earlier than 32. I think he's going to do a good job, especially with the Ravens offensive coordinator. He likes running quarterbacks, likes that read option. And just being honest about it, Flacco sucks. I played him two years in a row. He sucks. So the first part about, uh, the first part of this quote here, um, nothing wrong with saying I would have picked Lamar Jackson earlier than 32. I think he's going to do a good job, especially with the Ravens' offensive coordinator. He likes running quarterbacks, likes that read option. Look, no shade at Lamar Jackson. He's got a lot to learn, though. But he's an overall good pick for the Ravens. I think I've come to like him after my initial reaction that it was a terrible pick. I think it's a good pick now. You know, insurance policy on Joe Flacco, as long as they don't ask Joe Flacco um, for Lamar Jackson when, when the time isn't right. But then you have him saying that Flacco sucks. I played him two years in a row. He sucks. Well, no, Jalen, I don't think Joe Flacco sucks. Uh, he doesn't suck at all. You know, um, yes, you did play him for two years in a row, but uh, against your defense, Jalen Ramsey, um, in 2016, Flacco uh, did pretty well, minus those two interceptions. And he, you know, he walked in on a touchdown and he led the team down the field to score uh, the game winning points. So you lost that game, buddy. You couldn't stop Joe Flacco there. And yeah, Joe Flacco did bad last year in your game in London, but there were so many different factors in that. It wasn't just all Joe Flacco. There were a lot of drops by receivers. He was hurt. A lot of different, you know, things going on. I'm not making excuses, but I don't think it was entire, it's entirely fair to say that that's all Joe Flacco's fault, everything that happened in that game, which was a loss. But, uh, look, he defends Blake Bortles as well, saying that they should have given him more opportunities, and he's a really good quarterback. I like Blake Bortles. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's underrated, and I think people give him a lot of... Um, a lot of a lot of uh, issues and they you know say things that aren't completely true about him you know I think he's a good quarterback again but look when it came to crunch time in New England you guys couldn't do it you couldn't stop New England and Blake Bortles couldn't uh, go down the field and score against the Patriots defense look Flacco's done it multiple times he's beaten the Patriots in Foxborough in uh, I don't, I don't remember about regular season games, but I know for a fact two postseason games, one of which led to a Super Bowl in the AFC Championship. And uh, Flacco has a ring that Blake Bortles doesn't. So if you're coming out here and saying that Flacco sucks and Blake Bortles doesn't, you really have to reevaluate because I don't think either of these quarterbacks suck. But you can't put Blake Bortles, who is nowhere near Joe Flacco, you know, put him so far above and then say Flacco sucks. Especially the other comments, too, about Eli Manning and Matt Ryan and uh, even Josh Allen. I think those were uncalled for and... Uh, Look, you're just proving every day that the Ravens were smart. Well, not smart because they didn't have an option, but the Ravens kind of lucked out taking Ronnie Stanley over uh, you there, Jalen Ramsey, because I don't think you fit well with this team. I think Ronnie Stanley fits pretty well with this team. He's a very good team player, and he's a very good left tackle. That's another topic for another day on why he's so underrated. I have no idea. But, uh, look, you might be the best, one of the best quarterbacks in this league right now, Jalen Ramsey, but uh, sometimes you get you know, to shut your mouth. Because you keep putting your foot in it, and it's not going to end well if you keep talking, buddy. Okay. Got a little heated there, but let's just um, 
start to wrap up this podcast. Not a whole lot of news today because uh, I'm not giving predictions for the game because I want to make sure that these two Colts practices get in before I make these predictions. So the Ravens and Colts will practice uh, before the preseason game this Monday night. Ravens start the practice on Friday, August 17th, and then, of course, Saturday, August 18th. They have two dates with the Colts in Indiana. Um, so this will be the second joint practice session of the year for the Ravens. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. Uh, we'll update you on social media or BaltimoreFeather.com, any major news. Um, Storylines to watch here. You know, how do the running backs do against this defense, this Colts defense? Overall, how the quarterbacks do, you know, passing into it, how the receivers uh, run routes and, you know, catch balls in the secondary. Then, of course, uh, we want to see the, the Ravens uh, defense do well against Andrew Luck and, um, uh, the running back there, I forget his name, I think it's Mac. Um, how they do, we want to make sure it's solid. Because this, is, this isn't a very good team, but they do have T.Y. Hilton um, and some other decent receivers. So that's gonna we're going to really see how the uh, Ravens secondary pairs up against him and some of the other receivers. So we'll get into insight to, to uh, where the Ravens are overall um, on the food chain here. Obviously... You know, they didn't do super well against the Rams in the uh, practices. The Rams starters didn't play in the preseason game. So maybe we'll get to see a little bit more of an indication of where the Ravens are um, when they battle out against the Colts. Okay. So that'll conclude today's episode of Nest Talk. This is actually the fourth episode. So, you know, we're rapidly flying by here. Uh, remember to tune in every Wednesday um, for episodes of Nest Talk. Uh, you can find... Um, articles written by me or any information about the podcast on BaltimoreFeather.com. Uh, go under podcast for the podcast or look at some of the Ravens news. I talk about the Ravens every day over there. You can follow the blog on Twitter at Baltimore Feather or like us on Facebook. Just search up Baltimore Feather or the Baltimore Feather on Facebook. You can follow this podcast, um, Nest Talk on Twitter, so at Nest Talk, or you can like us on Facebook. Just search Nest Talk. Uh, you can email us at the podcast at uh, nesttalk at baltimorefeather.com for any suggestions for future episodes. You can you know ask about topics. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to shoot us over an email. You can also find me at Chris Linfun on Twitter. Um, I talk about a lot of things on Twitter. Of course, Ravens as well. Um, so yeah, I hope you all like this episode, and we'll see you all next week.